So my name is Jabril Osman. Uh, I run a platform called Studio One. Uh, we've been doing it for about four months now. We uh, interview international artists. We interview local artists and artists in Canada. Uh, I do it with my friend Mike, who does the filming and the uh, production side of it. So definitely a pleasure to get you guys on Studio One. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us. No uh, where are you based out of? I'm based out of Toronto. Okay, dope. Yeah, uh, born and raised in like North York. Okay, dope. Yeah. Um, we were just briefly uh, talking. How are you? How you been holding up with the whole coronavirus and keeping busy and things like that? Uh, some days are better than others, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, just I think like for me, it's just it's the whole thing is like just not being able to see people and not being able to hang out with friends and trying to hold my sanity through all that and also like trying to stop trying to stay creative through it just because like you know like whenever i hit a slump creatively i usually just go out and like experience things and now i can't do that so yeah for sure a little weird but i don't know i'm I'm sure i'm just uh getting through it the same way everyone else is yeah day by day for sure um but yeah, so just prior to you getting on, I asked my first question, but I'm glad you're here for the first question too. So my uh, question was, before you guys really got into music and kind of found yourselves, how did you guys individually um, go into the world of creativity and find that space growing up? Yeah, uh, for me, I started writing poetry at a young age. I was about grade six. It's like our teacher would give us like 30 minutes every day after we read some poetry and that's kind of where it all started and that was around the time where i really started to develop a love for hip-hop you know so i would memorize my favorite artist lyrics and so i would write them down at the end of the line i would switch it up and like fill in my own stuff yeah so that's kind of where it slowly started and then throughout high school it just kind of it's like a snowball effect really yeah and for me like i was kind of the same way like i was a writer before anything but like you know hip-hop hip-hop and writing goes hand in hand uh especially with like lyricism but outside of that i was like really into kind of like fashion i guess but not necessarily like designers or anything like that but kind of like making my own things and just making my own things work with whatever i got so like doing modifications and stuff like that um yeah outside 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 of like writing just a lot of like just doing whatever i could like even back to like when I was younger, I just like um, build, build, just build things in my house and just like whatever I could, like with my dad's tools and all that, I would just make something out of nothing. Yeah. And for you guys, when you guys like came together, was it sort of this thing where, wow, like someone else is creative just like me? Was it kind of like that energy? I mean, like me and Darian, like our, our history, like we go way back. So, um, like, I think we kind of started finding, like, uh, our, our creative outlets at the same time. So we kind of knew what we were doing before we even got into it. We knew what we wanted to do and we knew where we wanted to be. So, like, we, we always knew, like, we wanted to be rap artists, we wanted to be hip-hop artists. So uh, we started a group and we it was called Me Name Music back in the day. And when we were younger, there used to be five of us in the group. And obviously, like, you know, life comes along and people fizzle out and people go in their different directions start families, work, careers, whatever. But me and Darren stuck to it and like it turned into sliding those jazz kids. Yeah. And just going back on the early stages, were you like, I guess, protective of your art or was it something you were like, 
able to share because there's kind of vulnerability in that when you're really starting out and you're you're writing or your poetry and you're doing all these things did you was it like very like encompassing of like showing your art to people and getting really good feedback and things like that or were you kind of like holding it in it depends on what part of the art that you're talking about for for me like like i said i started off in writing and it was creative writing it was poetry but mainly short stories, stuff like that. Okay. And I was a little more vulnerable with my um, my short stories. And, like, the only person I would ever see that were my parents. So I wouldn't even, like, it wasn't until, like, recent years, the last, like, two or three years, that I actually started sharing my short stories with friends outside of uh, my circle. Or even, like, even my inner circle. I, I wasn't really sharing my short stories because they were so vulnerable and so personable. But, um, uh outside of outside of like the creative writing and all that like the raps like those those are for the public those are for everybody and those always happen like that like those are like the things that when we have like jam sessions like that's the poetry that i'd share yeah but like anything that was like short stories like about like minor demons myself who i am like all that like that was just for for me pretty much yeah, for me i didn't really let anybody outside my inner circle know about me rapping to like late high school. It was actually for like one of the high school talent shows. <laughs> one of my friends, he's a Justin, we called him JOB. And uh, high school, I was like super shy, right? So, but he knew that I rapped. He was like, yo, D Max, like, we're, we're going to high school talent show. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't stop bugging me and asking me. And then I finally caved in. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> This is history, so I kind of got him to think for getting my my shy ass on stage. Mm. And I find it interesting too uh, when you guys made those two records, the self-titled one and the second one, in that one year. Can you talk to me about the process was for those two projects? Um, do you already have the idea of having two in one year, or how did that pan out, pan out the way it did? Uh, it just happened. Like, you know, we were we just dove in like head first when it came to this music you know a lot of people like a lot of friends of ours that we know a lot of them had jobs and like they're working their job and then whenever they had the spare time or they would make the time to go and do the music too right but for us we just dove in head first you know like i finished my audio engineering program around the time the album released he finished his program that he was in like the mechanic program so we just dove in like head first. After the first album, we probably chilled up for maybe like a week, a couple weeks, like maybe two weeks. And then we started the process of the average savage right away. On the note of audio engineering and going to school for that, how did that help in any way to, in the music making? Because that's interesting to know. Yeah, it was huge. Um, for one of the projects for the program, um, I did a mixtape. And then, you know, Q was the only person I knew that was not only my homie, but sometimes I rapped, right? So he was on, like, at least half the tracks. And then throughout that engineering program, I learned how to work the studio. I learned how to work in Pro Tools. I learned how to set up the studio, shut down the studio, have, looking back at it, at least some knowledge of, like, mixing and mastering. Yeah. It's beautiful. And the thing about the program that I took, it was free studio time. You know, I didn't have to pay for it. I still have to pay for it. I can still book 
when this whole like quarantine stuff is over but that was huge for us and but because it was free and like it was always booked up we only had like late night sessions <laughs> so we'd have the 11 p.m to 7 a.m time slot yeah and just again talking about just going and going and, and making those records for you guys when you released it were you like the overall reception when you started releasing and getting like really great like um, acclaim for what you were doing was that even in your mind at the time I guess or for you guys it just we're just gonna release these songs we're really gonna do this like how was it um, I guess before Polaris and things like that when how was the reception early on is what I'm trying to say in releasing those albums for the first album it was kind of like you know like like we were really vulnerable with that first album we got really personal we talked about some dark things we talked about some lighthearted things and we talked about some fun things on that first album we never knew what to expect you know we were just like you know what like this is going to be the first thing that we're going to put out into the world as snotty nose or as kids and they'll take it as they will and the reception for that album was actually like way better than we thought it would be and the amount of people that reached out that said like that album saved their life was just like it just blew our minds you know and it made us realize how important our message was and how important our experiences sharing our experiences was to to get out there and um like that without making snotty nose rice kids the first album we wouldn't we probably wouldn't have made the average savage and we wouldn't have made track line because um it that it what i just said it just made us realize how important our voices were yeah and uh, you can add to that as well if you like okay yeah you know despite being like having that vulnerability with that first album we still had that mindset like yo this is it things are gonna change like, we're gonna blow up but you know slowly but surely we started basically just took the first step that was just like the beginning of the journey mm. right but with every song and with every album that we've made we've always had like full confidence in it I was like, this is it. This is the one that's going to change everything. And looking back people has, you know, like the first album really opened people's eyes. Like, whoa, like I knew you guys rap, but I didn't know you could rap like that. Yeah. And then Average Savage came along. And then after that, the Polaris nomination came. And it was after that Polaris nomination where everybody was just like, oh, okay, this is kind of serious. Whereas before, they were just like, yeah, you know, it's cool, you rap. But it wasn't until we got like that national attention from Polaris, that's when everybody really started to take us seriously. Yeah. And what I find amazing too is um, a lot of the times when artists, I guess, make it bigger and bigger, they kind of um, lose the idea of the fact that we have an audience, we have a platform, we can really make positive change. And I think the artists that stay for so long recognize that and speak about important things for you guys i read that when you had polaris the and you started to recognize like we have a voice talk to me about how important it has been for you guys to have a voice you know to speak to your community and to be positive representations for what you guys stand for talk to me about when you guys realized that was really a cornerstone for you guys for us it was kind of like um like we, we've talked about it in previous interviews and we talk about it like in our music like reclaiming our voice so as indigenous people um our voice was taken away from us and uh we are just getting it back so that's one thing that we always talk about in our music and um with having the world watching us but also having uh 
indigenous communities and indigenous youth across the country and across Turtle Island in general look at us and realize what we're doing on this on, on this scale in this industry is was so important to us uh, in finding our own identity and finding out where we stand as artists in this world. So um, I think like having our voice back, like or having uh, having this platform to to be able to tell our own stories is like especially for Indigenous youth so important in t today. Yeah. Like for me, for, for me, um, I, I've said this before. Um, when we were kids, we we always got like ridiculed, bullied, teased, whatever for just for being Indigenous. And um, uh, like I guess you could say society, pop culture, all that uh, taught us to hate ourselves. So we are finally coming out of that, um, and we call it the seventh generation, seven generation rising, and that's what we identify with. And we're coming out of that, and and we're finally at a stage in our life where we are proud enough to to tell our story. So through music, we're able to do that. Yeah, for sure. And, and just also, like we just wanted to be a voice for the youth. You know what I mean? And to be somebody, because like growing up, the like the people we looked up to was like, musically, it was like the Kanye West, the Jay-Z's, the Lil Wayne's, but there was never really necessarily anyone that looked like us that we knew about. Although there was indigenous artists at the time, yeah. but social media wasn't social media. <laughs> and like, YouTube is still becoming what it is today. And so, yeah, people like War Party, like Res Official, those guys were like doing it. They kind of like paved the way, paved the lane. But again, social media wasn't social media and we didn't know about them, especially being in a small town in the Northwest of BC, right? Yeah. So we wanted to be that, to kind of carry the torch from there and then just be like, just people that the youth can look up to. For sure. And a large part of being an artist is performing the records and going on and things like that. Talk to me about it was like early on, I guess, building the confidence of like performing for crowds and how you guys have progressed on that. Because I know as an early artist, um, the aspect of performing could be kind of daunting to some or maybe some are naturally equipped with it. Talk to me about how you guys have progressed as artists and performing. <laughs> you know, we started off at open mics just like any other artist, you know, and uh I remember like the very first time we did an open mic, it was, it was a spot called the Anza club here in Vancouver. And it was like every Thursday. And so we had a friend tell us about it and we went there. It's probably like less than half full. It's probably like a quarter of the room full. Yeah. We did our thing. And a lot of people were like, Oh shit. And then the, the following week we went there, it was half full. Went there the next week after that, three quarters full. Then by like the third, fourth week, people were like lining up to get into the. But and also in Vancouver too like to hear us perform. And a lot of those people that showed up to see me and D perform too were like my and D's homies, you know, like because in Vancouver, like the the circle that we roll with out there is like they have a huge indigenous scene. So Vancouver is kind of the perfect place for us to to get our to get our feet wet. And get our like, just like, get our start. For sure. And now coming to Main Day, I know you guys released uh, Born Deadly. Uh, can you talk to me about this new project and what you guys um, were aiming for it? I guess in terms in terms of just um, what you wanted to the messages that you wanted to get across on this one. 
I mean, this one is like, it was definitely like weird, not weird, but it was definitely new to us because we usually do like full length project, right? Like a full length concept of albums. So this one to do something short, we just wanted to really get something to perform on the Born Deadly tour that was supposed to happen. And we just wanted to showcase like just our personal growth and really get like more personal with the EP and really speak from like basically what we've gone through and what we've been going through. But also touching on topics that we can't touch on, on our, on our LPs. Like, you know, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't put Kobe face on an LP. Um, Peaks and Valleys would also put all, obviously put on an LP, Cops with Guns, but we're also testing our attitude and all that as well. And just kind of like experimenting with our sound and just like de like just, figuring out where which direction we can go and um figuring out where we're going to go with this next uh, lp that we're planning to release in march but um i guess what you could say with born deadly is that um that album was meant to let people know that we're here and we're confident uh and we were born to do this we were put here to do this like this is creator's plan kind of thing yeah and on the note of uh experimental there's this uh I kind of been asking a lot of artists this kind of questions. I kind of feel this way too. There's this like idea of not really knowing what music and genre all fit together, and people are just making music that just is music and it stands alone. Um, as you guys progress as artists and you guys want to grow and dip into other sounds and things like that, how do you guys, um, I guess, approach that concept with experimenting and making new sounds? Because of course, there's this idea that. You know, you can lose some fans if they don't like that you're in a new direction. Do you guys see that as artists, or do you guys just see it as growing always? I mean, we're like forever growing, you know. And the thing that I can say from like my perspective is like we don't ever want to do the same album twice, you know. And in order to do that, you gotta grow. You gotta you gotta try new things, and. You know, it's usually the first person through the brick wall that gets the most bloody. <laughs> yeah. And of course you're going to have to. Keep... So, it's, just, it, it's just close, man. And we, all have, we all have ideas. Like, we both have ideas that we want to do. It's just learning how to do it. So that was another thing with this Born Daily EP, was us taking those steps for the bigger picture. And of course you're going to have, like, like, you know, like our day one fans are like, oh, yo, that's not the Snotty Nose sound. Oh, that's not, like, that's not uh, the Snotty Nose you used to know. But you know what? Like, with growth um, comes change. So, like, the way that me and Darren go into any situation is with an open mind. So if Darren comes to me with an idea, I'm going to obviously just have an open mind, no judgment in, in the room. And just, like, if, if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. And that's just the way it is. But even even sometimes, like when you're working with a duo, if one person doesn't like something, you just gotta like kind of roll with the punches and maybe turn something in turn something into it that you never thought could have been there. So like with our new music, we're trying new things and like um, trying different sounds, different approaches to things, and like we're trying to get away from from having what Darren said, making the same album twice because trap line to us like was like a snotty nose res kids sound it kind of feels like something that that we that we started in a way but we're trying to get away from just having that one sound and being that one dimensional artist 
Yeah, for sure. And usually um, near the end of interviews, I ask like an artist, you know, how do you see the rest of the year going, you know, upcoming projects, upcoming shows, things like that. But with the coronavirus, what I've been doing is asking artists recently, like what is um, something that you guys have learned along the journey that you really wish you would have known at the start? Maybe it could have been knowing that you have a platform and you have a voice and it's bigger than music or any sort of thing that you guys have individually or together realized in this journey so far? For, for me, yeah, go ahead, Dean. I was going to say, there's so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much I wish I would do. But um, a lot of it is like, it's all in your head, really. Um, a lot of people don't start or pursue their passion out of fear fear of failure, fear of not being accepted, fear of getting made fun of. Like, dude, we got all of that. And it's just learning the power of manifesting something. I'm like, it's easy to say, yeah, I want this, I want that, I want so-and-so, but it comes down to putting in the work. And you need to believe in yourself before anybody else can believe in you. Because if you don't believe in yourself, who's, who's going to believe it? Like, if you don't believe in the track that you just made, who's going to want to listen to it? Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't have a hundred percent confidence in it, the rest of the world's not going to want to hear it. And one thing I learned along the way is just to tell your story the way you want it to be told, and the universe will gravitate towards it. That's kind of like exactly what I was going to say too, but in fewer words. Like, like I think me and D kind of think the same. We kind of have the same beliefs, and that's why we work well together. But what I was going to say is um, something that I've learned along the way is the fact that not everyone's going to like you for what the music that you put out. Not everyone's going to like uh, what you're doing. Not everyone's going to like how you carry yourself. But if you stay true to yourself, as long as you like what you're doing and you like yourself, then you'll be all right. And people will gravitate towards that as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just on a final note, um, I want to like thank you guys for coming on to the Studio One platform. I think what you guys are doing is absolutely important and incredible. I think when artists have a platform and use their voice for positivity, you know, it could really make the world of a difference. And I know when you guys were growing up, you said you didn't have people that you could really gravitate towards. And now there are people that you that people gravitate towards what you guys are doing. And it's so important. So I just want to thank you guys for taking out the time. And uh, again, stay safe and keep uh, doing what you guys do. It's been a great conversation. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for having us. And yeah. I hope you stay safe out there as well. Thank you. All right. You. Bye, stay guys. safe. Cheers. Peace. Peace. Studio One.